Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 24. I want to spend a few moments talking to you from verses 1 through 8, talking about what the resurrection means to you and I. I believe that when we talk about the resurrection, this day makes a difference for all of eternity. I believe this day made a difference for the disciples. I believe this day makes a difference to you and I even yet today. For when we talk about the resurrection, we have to understand that it's a contrast between light and darkness. It's a contrast between life and death. It's a contrast between brokenness and wholeness. It's a contrast between emptiness and living in overflowing abundance. This day illustrates every day with Jesus can make a difference. So I want to talk to you about what a difference this day makes. Some of you have been in that position where one day your spouse is here, the next day they're gone. You've been in that place where one day you think you're healthy and the next day you're sick with not a good outlook. Some of you have been in that place where one day your life is going well, but the next day everything is chaos and confusion. Some of you have been in that difference where that day where everything seems to be falling apart. There's no hope for you. I've come to tell you this morning, no matter where you're at, this day The day that Jesus rose again from the dead makes a difference for every one of us. This day. This day makes a difference because it's proven the power of God and the power of the resurrection. It's important because it helps us to see that no matter where we are, what we're going through, this day can be different for you and I. So look with me to verses 1 and 2 of this passage of Scripture. It says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. When I read those verses and try to put myself in the place of those women who left their house in Bethany and traveled about two miles, still in the dark, to get through the tomb at sunbreak, rise of the day. I imagine they were filled with grief. They were filled with sorrow. They were overwhelmed by loss. They couldn't imagine what any day would look like from that day forward because the one they loved, the one they had followed, the one they put their faith and trust in was dead. They saw him hang on that Roman cross. They heard him say, it is finished. They heard the last breath escape from his lungs. They saw him take him down. They saw them put him in that borrowed tomb. And they knew a huge stone had been rolled over that tomb to seal it so that no one could mess with his body. I can only imagine the grief, the sorrow, and the fear that they were walking through at that point. But when they went to the tomb, I want you to hear me and listen to this. They were not looking for a living Lord. They were looking for a cold corpse. They still thought Jesus was dead. They didn't know that God does his best work in the dark. I said, God does his best work in the dark. 
When you don't see what's going on, you don't understand why you're going through it. God is there. He's helping you. He's encouraging you. There are so many examples of this in Scripture. Genesis chapter 50 tells us the story of Joseph being united with his brothers, his brothers who 13 years previously had sold him into slavery. He spent years in prison because of a false accusation. But on this day, his brothers stood before him, and Joseph said to them, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. So I've come to tell you this morning, this day can be different for you. This day can turn your life around. This day you can experience that same grace and mercy and power in your life. Are you in that dark place? Are you wondering where God is at? Are you wondering if God has forgotten you, forsaken you, walked away from you? I've come to tell you, this day, God has a plan for your life. This day, God has hope for you. This day, God has resolution to the problems that are plaguing you. I read in John chapter 11 where Lazarus, a friend of Jesus, was sick. His sisters, Mary and Martha, sent for Jesus and said, Come, your friend is sick, come and heal him. But when you read the story, Jesus waited, not a few hours, but days before he went back to Bethany. And when he arrived, this is what both of those sisters said. They said, if only you were here. If only you had showed up in time. If only you had came when we called. If only you were here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. You would have healed him. Some of you live in that if only moment. If only he'd have showed up, my marriage would have saved. If only he'd have showed up, my friend, my love, my love of my life wouldn't have died. If only he would have showed up, I wouldn't be bankrupt and destitute. Well, I've come to tell you that this day, Jesus is going to make a difference in your life. He didn't forget Lazarus. He didn't forget Martha and Mary. But rather he waited, listen, catch this, he waited to prove his power even over death. And he's here to prove his power to you today as well. He's able to do great things in our lives. I remember reading the story of a pastor who had lost his teenage son. He said, for four months, I woke up every day screaming at God, is this your best? Why did you do this to my family? You expect me to go every Sunday and tell those people how good you are? He said, I scream those questions at the top of my lungs. But when I finally was silent, when I finally started yelling and screaming at God, then I heard the voice of God. And God answered every one of my questions. If you came into this room today with questions, wondering why is this happening? Why do I have to go through this? Why does God seem to have forsaken me? I've come to tell you, this day you will experience the power of God. This day you'll know forgiveness. This day you'll know healing. This day God revealed himself to you because this day makes a difference in every day. I'll never forget our friend. Her name is Jeanette. In 1994, she had a reoccurrence of cancer. I was standing in the hospital room when the surgeon came in to talk with Jeanette, now her husband. He said, I'm sorry to tell you, Miss Frank, but there is no hope. Nothing more we can do. You just have a few months to live. He turned and walked out of the room. 
We begin to pray for her, believing that our God is a miracle-working God. If you believe that, will you say amen? amen. Our God is a miracle-working God. Cancer's not too big for him. He's able to handle it. And I remember Jeanette praying in a broken, small voice when she said, Lord, I just want to live to see my grandsons. Her son had just been married. I just want to live to see grandchildren. May I tell you today that not only did she live to see grandchildren, but 28 years later, she's still living by the power of God this day. This day. Oh, say it with me. This day. This day makes a difference. A lot of people wanted an experience with God, but they wanted it on their terms. They want it in their place. They want it by their religious traditions. I've got news for you. If you want to experience God, you have to go where God is at. You're not going to find God in the bar. Love the way you're shouting now. You're not going to find God in the dance hall. And believe it or not, you won't even find God at Doak Stadium. But you will find him in his house. With people who love him, who care for him. Too many want to rant and rave and scream, God, why are you doing this to me? All he's asking is, be quiet and listen for my voice. Because if you listen, he speaks. And when he speaks, then you say, this day, oh, one more time, this day makes a difference for me. Don't settle for a long-distance relationship with God. God doesn't want to just see you every now and then. He wants to abide with you. He wants to live in you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. Why? Because Jesus rose again from the dead. It proves there is no difficulty too great but what God can resolve. This day proves it. You see, when the woman went to the tomb, they weren't expecting Jesus to be alive. So in their case, it isn't seeing is believing and in our case, believing is seeing. When the women went to the tomb, they didn't experience what they thought they would experience. But what a difference that day made to them. And the same difference can be made in your life as well. Maybe they didn't see what they expected. Look at verses 3 and 4 with me. Then they went in and didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And that it happened that they were greatly perplexed. They didn't understand. They had a lot of questions. That behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Hear those words. They were greatly perplexed. They were confused. They didn't understand. They didn't know what was going on. Listen to me. It took more than an empty tomb to convince them that Jesus was alive. Wow, what a sobering statement. What is it going to take to convince you that Jesus is alive? What does he have to do to prove to you he is the risen Savior? Oh, come on, folks. It's time to stop pushing him away, and it's time to come to him. It's time to say God isn't fair and life isn't fair and come to him. Let me tell you, life isn't fair because if it were fair, every one of us would be doomed to hell. But thank Jesus for his mercy and for his grace, which redeems and rescues and transforms and gives us reason to hope. They didn't find what they were expecting. 
Interesting note, the enemies of Jesus remembered what he said about his resurrection while his disciples seemed to have forgotten. Have you forgotten what he said? Have you forgotten what he's promised? Have you forgotten what he declared? So many times we're just like these women coming to the tomb. All of our hopes and our dreams are dead. We don't know what to do or which way to go. No hope. We've given up. And again, the scripture is full of those very types of stories. But let's go back to John chapter 11, Mary and Martha. The brother Lazarus is dead. Jesus finally shows up and he learns, or they tell him, he's been in the grave for four days. And Jesus goes to the tomb. And he said to them, roll the stone away. Prophetically speaking, because one day, not very far down the line, the God of the heavens is going to say, roll the stone away. He said to him, roll the stone away. You know what Martha said? She said, Lord, you don't want to do that because he stinks. He stinks. I believe there are some of us that are burying stinking portions of our life. We're hiding them, obscuring them, so no one else sees it and no one else knows. Matter of fact, it may be even so bad that you've lived in that smelly situation, you don't even notice the stink anymore. It's just life. A few years ago, I did the Hoka Hay. It's the longest endurance motorcycle ride in the world to bring awareness to Native Americans and their plight. On that ride, I rode 10,438 miles in 12 days. I slept on the ground at night. I ate whatever I could find in the gas station when it filled up with gas. No showers. No showers. Extreme temperatures. The temperatures from 120 down to 28. And when I finally rolled back into southwest Oklahoma, my wife was there to meet me. I was glad to see her. She was glad to see me, I think. She wanted to load the bike in the trailer. I said, I'm too tired. Let's just go to the motel. We went to the motel, and I knew I needed to take a shower. And as we were in the elevator going up to our room, I said to her, you know, the first couple of days, I smelled really bad. I couldn't even pull down the face shield on my helmet. The stench was so bad. But you know, I don't stink anymore. I don't smell anymore. She looked at me, and she smiled and said, oh, yes, you do. What's the point of the story? The point is, sometimes we get so accustomed to the stench, we no longer even notice it's there. Folks, there's some dead things in your life. You need to let Jesus cut away today. You need to let him remove the stench. You need to let him bathe you in life and change your life today. We can come to God broken and hurting because he's the healer. He isn't going to turn us away. He isn't going to judge us. He isn't going to condemn us. Because that's why Jesus died and rose again from the dead. And every time we're walking through a dark place, a hard place, a place we don't understand, we need to remember Jesus has already been there. He died. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And after he cried, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it is finished. They put him in that tomb. 
But he didn't stay there because the Bible tells me he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave from the enemy and rescued and redeemed you and I. So no matter how abandoned we feel, no matter how alienated we may feel, Jesus is there. You're not alone. All you have to do is reach out and ask him to come to your aid and come to your rescue. Then look at verses 5 through 8 of our text. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not there. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And listen to this last verse. They remembered his words. This day. I want you to remember the words of Jesus Christ. This day, I want you to understand he is no longer dead. He is alive. This day, I want you to know you don't have to go from Benita to Mecca to worship a dead prophet, but he is right here in this place, in this room, to meet you and to meet me this day. Verses 5 through 8, it says, the angel spoke to them. The angel spoke to them. You say, I don't believe that. I don't think that ever happened. Have you ever heard the voice of an angel? Some of us have. Matter of fact, last summer, June 27th was the exact date. I was doing a Four Corners motorcycle ride from the Four Corners of the U.S., praying over our country and praying for revival. The first day of that ride, the temperatures were extreme in the northwest. The thermometer on my back pegged at 120 degrees. I saw a reporter later on that held a a thermometer about two feet off the ground. And when she lifted it up, the reflection of that heat read 156 degrees. We're on motorcycles. Add the heat of the engine. It's oppressive. And the guy, my friend who organized the ride, Gary Bird, was in front of me with his wife on the back. We'd made it till about 3 o'clock that afternoon. And running 70 miles an hour down the interstate, I see Gary start to slow down. So I slowed down with him. He moved over to the shoulder. I moved over with him. And then all of a sudden, I saw his head drop. He ran off the road. They went up a ditch. The bike turned sideways and slid into a tree line. And I thought for sure, they're both dead. Shut my bike down. I got back there as quickly as I could. And Carolyn was trapped under the front of that bike. I tried to lift it. I couldn't do it. I don't know if I said it or just thought it. Lord, help me. About that time, a good Samaritan who was behind us came into the tree line with me, started talking to Karen and Gary, making sure they were at least somewhat coerced and conscious. And when I turned back to my right, there's this huge dude standing there, bigger than Pastor Isaiah, arms the size of dinner plates. And he said, what do you need? And I said, I need this bike lifted off of her legs. He lifted it like it was a piece of paper. I slid her legs out from under it, was checking on her to see if that helped her pain. When I turned back my right to thank him, he wasn't there. Folks, I didn't hear him come in. I didn't hear him go out. I know I heard the voice of an angel. The angels were speaking to them that day. He cried. When he cried, it is finished. He did not mean his work, his life was finished. He meant that the price was paid. The price was paid. It's done once for all. 
He was declaring death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up by a greater power. And it's the power of the life of Jesus Christ. That angel wanted them to know the tomb is empty. It's not a place of despair. It's not a place of grief. It's not a place of defeat. But rather the empty tomb is a place of hope and faith and life breathed into you and I even yet to this day. It brings life to us. Tom, would you come back? Doubters deny it. Skeptics scoff at it. But I've come to tell you this morning, Jesus Christ is alive. He is alive. Someone said, well, no, they just stole his body. Listen, if the Jews had taken his body, as soon as the disciples began to preach the resurrection in the book of Acts, they would have produced the body to prove them liars. If the disciples would have stolen his body, then when they begin to preach the resurrection, they would be preaching a lie and they would not be living or dying for a lie. Just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. The missing body of Jesus Christ has always been the one part of the puzzle that the doubters and the skeptics cannot solve. And they cannot solve it because the body wasn't there because Jesus rose again from the dead. He's alive. Oh, what a difference this day makes in you and me. And yet today, that empty tomb is still preaching. That empty tomb is still crying out. That empty tomb is still bearing witness that he is not here. He has risen. And he's come today to meet you and me. He's come today in the midst of our sin, the midst of our sorrow, the middle of our mistakes. He's come today to tell you, I'll take you from that place of death and I'll give you life. I'll take you from that position where you can't have hope and I will give you hope. He wants to speak into that dead, depressing, dreary, dark yesterday of your sin and he wants to bring life he wants to bring change he wants to bring peace come today to tell you he's standing he's here he's in this room and all we have to do is call on him and when we call on him his presence is revealed to us and then we can say this day has made a difference for me Bow your heads across this room this morning. Father, I thank you that this day commemorates the day Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. And because he rose again, we have hope and we have life. Because he rose again, we can call on your name in every difficult and impossible situation. Because he rose again, we find forgiveness. We find healing. We find restoration because he rose again from the dead. You see, friend, that was the message those ladies needed to hear that Sunday morning. He is not here. He is risen. And it's the message you need to hear this Sunday morning. He is not here. He is risen. You're in this room this morning under the sound of my voice. Perhaps you're watching online today. But you recognize that you need to experience the touch of Christ. You need to experience his forgiveness. You need to experience his healing. You need him to put the broken pieces of your life back together because 
You can't do it. You need His mercy and you need His grace to forgive you, to change you, so that this day you can say, what a difference this day has made. I'm just talking about you right there. You know who you are. Holy Spirit's convicting you right where you sit. You need Jesus to forgive you, to come into your life, to change you. Slip up your hand and hold it there. Say, that's me, Pastor. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Others, as I wait a moment, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. As I wait a moment, others, you need Jesus to do a work in your life. You need him to transform you, to forgive you. Pastors, elders, and deacons, would you come and just line up across the front this morning, please? We're going to pray in just a moment. As our leadership is coming, if you raised your hand, I encourage you to stand with them right where you're at. Matter of fact, everybody stand with us this morning. And if you slipped up that hand, I want you to step out and come. Stand in front of one of these individuals. They're going to pray with you specifically. They're going to pray that God will touch you, forgive you, change you, and your life will be different this day. Doesn't matter which one you stand in front of. Just stand in front of one of them. They're going to pray with you. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Don't wait for anybody else. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you realize you should have. Then join us right here. Hallelujah. We wait just another moment for others to respond. Now, if you're in this room this morning and you need God to do something for you, you know he's forgiven you, but you have a need in your life. You have an issue that you can't resolve. Can I invite you just to come right now? We want to pray with you, pray over you, believe God together. We want to join our faith with yours. If you have a need of any kind, maybe it's physical, maybe it's relational. Maybe it has to do with your finances of any kind. Just step out and come. Stand in front of one of our elders and deacons or pastors, and they're going to pray with you and pray for you. God's going to help you today. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church, on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.